You're listening to Social Psychologists, a podcast where we interview people who are hacking social media. Brought to you by Social Cycle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Social Psychologists, a podcast where we break down successful social sellers. Today we have Bobby Umar. Bobby, you're basically a celebrity on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I know that you have a six-figure following. Um, I think you have half a million on Twitter and 44,000 on LinkedIn. Bobby, I can only do you so much justice, but why don't you tell us who you are? Yeah, sure. Hi, my name is Bobby. I'm a professional speaker by trade for the last 15 years. I've traveled around the world talking about leadership, personal branding, authentic networking, and thought leadership. And uh, I'm a five-time TEDx speaker. I'm an Inc. Magazine top 100 leadership speaker. And uh, when the when COVID happened, I pivoted to doing more coaching and online programs around personal branding, thought leadership branding, storytelling, communication skills, and things like that. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride. And I'm, I do have a lot of influence out there across social media. Digital influence has been a big part of my brand and building it up. Um, so, uh, you know, Twitter was the first place I kind of took off. Then LinkedIn was the second place I kind of took off. And now I'm also working on Instagram and another, and, and now Clubhouse Twitter Spaces is a new thing for me that uh, social audio has been a big passion of mine uh, this past year. So that's me. That's what I do. Oh, wow. So that is awesome. Um, I mean, it seems like social media is, is a huge part of your sales strategy. I'm curious, like sort of, could you walk us through like how exactly did you get started on Twitter? I'm, I mean, you have 500,000 followers. That's quite a feat. Can you tell us a little bit about how you grew your audience on Twitter first and then perhaps we could touch upon LinkedIn? Yeah, I mean, I think back in the day, you know, as, as a professional speaker, I would go to conferences and I'd speak <laughs> about various things. And someone had told me, hey, you know, you need to get on Twitter. And I was like, ah, Twitter is just for celebrities and sports stars and athletes or whatever. And, and they're like, no, no, Bobby, if you have a message or a voice or something to share with the world, go on there. I said, okay, fine. So I went on there, I started playing around with it. And within six months, I got about 5,000 followers and, you know, tweeting good content, engaging people, replying to stuff. And next thing you know, um, I got a professional speaking gig right off of Twitter. I was like, wow, okay. And that was the first thing I could say. Social media is powerful. It amplifies your voice. It reaches the global world and you create opportunities. And so that's when I started to really put together an entire social media strategy. And I remember that I need to just build this up. And so on Twitter was the first place I invested. How I grew it, well, consistent content on a regular basis, uh, following influencers, engaging people, replying, uh, and just coming up with different strategies to really build that brand and <coughs> slow and steady. I participated in a lot of Twitter chats. I started doing a lot of engagement. I spent a lot of time actually on Twitter. Um, and uh, you know, within a short period of time, probably uh, once I knew the 5,000 followers was something I want to invest in, then I started growing it more, uh, I guess, strategically. And I think I hit a hundred thousand followers in about, I guess, about a year and a half. And wow, that that's really fast. Yeah, well, that was again. It was in the early days. Now it's now it's mm -hmm. much harder to do that, right? Uh, unless you get like you know, unless you're famous or something. But I remember it was something that I thought, okay, this could be a differentiator for me. So let me put time and energy into it, and I did. And once I had the hundred thousand followers, then you know it became easier to get because once you hit certain barriers, it's easier to get more followers because people see you and like, oh. I, He's someone I should follow. <laughs> and then they follow you. And so I was doing that for a while. And so Twitter was the first place. And then I saw LinkedIn as an opportunity. So I decided to work on that and grow that one. But, you know, the, the general way in which to build followership was from, you know, content, 
uh, following the right people, uh, leveraging influencers, uh, participating in certain types of uh, content pieces and Twitter chats to gain attention uh, and get some traction with what you're doing. Of course, of course. How did you translate your, uh, your Twitter audience to LinkedIn? Like, what are some tips or what are, like, tell us a little bit more about your journey from that. Well, it's generally pretty hard to transition <laughs> from one to the other. I think that's something that people struggle with. So when I went into LinkedIn to try to grow that one, certainly Twitter was there to amplify the mess of what I was doing. But I would argue that the main thing that grew LinkedIn was, again, the same content strategy for Twitter, which is put together great content, reach out to people, talk to influencers, set up set up calls, set up, uh, you know, webinars and live streams that bring attention to, you know, bring in guests. And next thing you know, uh, the, the Twitter, the, sorry, the LinkedIn content and the followers will grow. Uh, I didn't really do much of, you know, and I tried, I, I gotta be honest, I tried. I tried to convert my half a million to join my email list and people wouldn't do it. Or, okay, come join me on uh, you know, Instagram or whatever. You may get a couple, but it's nothing. <laughs> like they come to the other platform if the regular users the people who are gonna you're gonna grow on LinkedIn are not the ones from who go from Twitter to LinkedIn. It's the ones that are currently on LinkedIn. So if someone's on Twitter and on LinkedIn, okay, then fine, they might check my check me out. But they're only going to follow me on LinkedIn if they go to my they like my profile, they like my content, and they really want to be part of that. And so you know you have to really still build a strong profile, build the content, and engage people, and then you can build that platform. It's the same thing with growing Clubhouse and growing Instagram. They were grown because I was on the platform, creating the content, engaging people, and 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 building that following slow, slow and steady. Yeah. Do you find that you've slowly started to like adopt to, like, like Twitter has like its own, you know, like its own uh, content, not platform necessarily, but its own content style. LinkedIn has its own content yeah. style. Do you find yourself adapting to that when you're trying to grow a following? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's one of my strengths. I mean, one of the things I've been good at even before social media was at, at, my wife used to call me a chameleon. So like whenever mm -hmm. I'm at a party, no matter who I'm talking to, I can adapt to the way they are. If they're introverted, if they're extroverted, if they're, you know, uh, masculine, feminine, if they're, you know, if they have different topics they like. So I'm very good at adapting them. So I do the same thing on social media. It's something I've been very good at where I can just, okay, on LinkedIn, here's how I'm going to talk. On Twitter, here's how I'm going to talk. On Instagram, here's how I'm going to talk. Facebook, same thing. So uh, yes, I definitely cater to the audiences that are there that are different, similar, but different. Yeah. Like, so do you find that the content that you're preaching is the same, but the, the style is more curated for that specific platform? Yeah, well, there's two parts. One is the, the content will vary. Uh, on each platform, but the style also changes. So there is content that will be the same across all the platforms. So for example, let's say I do a one minute video on, here's my top three personal branding tips. Mm -hmm. I would put that on LinkedIn. I would put that on Instagram. I'd put that on Twitter and Facebook um, and but and then YouTube, but the manner in which I would share it and what I would say in the content piece or the hashtag they use might be a little bit different. But then there's other things that I talk about on the platforms that vary. So for example, on my Instagram, I'm going to talk about my business and my personal life, like my, my family, my kids. On LinkedIn, I talk 80% business, 20% personal. On Twitter, I'm very much very quite political on, on Twitter. So I, I get very political on Twitter about education and politics and things like that, even though I still talk about pop culture and other things too. Twitter, I talk about pretty much anything, like anything I want to talk because you can, 
take a link to something and share, oh, here's a new Spider-Man movie, really cool. Oh, check out this trailer for this. Like, I'll talk about anything on Twitter. And that, that's one thing I love about Twitter because I feel so free to, to share and talk about anything I want. Yeah, right? Twitter just, is the Wild West. Yeah, I, I, I love Twitter for that because I can just, because with Facebook, I mean, you know, you, you're, or even most play, platforms, you don't feel like, okay, I, I can share every single thing. I have to be mindful wh- how many posts per day I do, what I share. I mean, stories and Instagram are good for that. Like stories was a way for me to be free and share what I'm doing, what I'm working on, but Twitter, anything and everything. So I do love that aspect of it. Yeah. And have you tried TikTok yet? I have not. And you know, what's interesting is that certainly I've tried as a social media advocate and someone who gets hired (laughs) to social media, I tell people to try everything. And I remember trying Snapchat and eventually saying, well, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I remember, you know, I tried Vine before it fell apart. I've tried everything, but TikTok, I have not tried because number one, my target audience wasn't there. I didn't feel like my target audience was young people, but you know, now it's evolving and now older people are there. So it's possible. I think that there's a huge advantage. And I tell some of my clients to take advantage of the, the organic growth you have there. My, and also it's ideal for me in the sense that I'm a video guy. I do 30 second to one minute video snippets. So I, and I do have a bit of a comedy background, so I probably could do well there. It's just that, uh, you know, this past year, my focus was social audio. I focused on Clubhouse and focused on Twitter spaces. Adding another thing like TikTok, I haven't done, but I'm at the point now where it's like, you know, I, I probably should try it out. I also was worried about being addictive because I heard it's quite addictive. So, but, <laughs> yeah. but from what I've seen, you know, I'm thinking I could probably take some of my old content, repurpose it quite easily, and just do a TikTok thing every day for... 30 days and see what happens because I have enough content out there that I could easily do that. See what happens. You should 100% do that. And yeah. what I've seen people do is like, they'll get famous. Like, cause TikTok algorithm is amazing. Um, I like, so for some background, I used to have a Facebook page uh, where we grew to like 600,000 organically in 2017 give or take. And then we got crushed by the Facebook algorithm. And I'm yeah. seeing like LinkedIn right now is like, it reminds me of Facebook back in like 2014, where it, yeah. it rewards organic content, but yeah. TikTok, you can have one small thing blow up and you can just generate a following. Um, but the hard part has been translating that following to other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think that's a problem with every platform. I mean, I think, you know, those of us who have a strong LinkedIn following, we have trouble translating it to Instagram. Because I have, I, I know, tw- I know like people who are on on, uh, on on LinkedIn who have a huge following, but on Instagram, they have nothing. Or on Twitter, they have nothing and vice versa. I have a large following on Twitter, but then on Instagram, it's hard for me to grow it. So, you know, you have to be willing to commit. From my experience, every single platform, you have to be willing to commit to it, to grow it. So if I'm willing to commit to doing a video a day on TikTok, yeah, I would do that experiment. That'd be kind of fun to do. And I can share the experience, but you have to be willing to commit to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'm also curious about like right now for speaking gigs, are is most of are most of your inquiries inbound or do you outbound for uh, for some speaking gigs right now? I don't usually do too much outbound stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. most of it comes inbound. Um I've started to target like, so now I'm targeting specific companies, particularly LinkedIn, like I'm trying to focus on insurance, IT and technology companies who, and financial services who do a really crappy job on LinkedIn and Twitter. And so I want to say, look, you guys need to get up to speed from 10, 15 years ago. 
this is where people are amplifying their message, they're building leads and they're building business. You need to be there too. And so now I'm, I'm actually targeting people and going after them with a few messages and content here and there. But for the most part, most of my speaking gigs come through inbound stuff. Because, you know, once you have a strong thought leisure brand and people know who you are, the word spreads and people tell you. Yeah. And everyone comes in. And so it's like, okay, great. You know, Bobby, we've heard you do this. Can you come to, yeah, no problem. And, and then it still happens. Yeah. So like walk me through how you would prospect a, uh, like an insurance company or like an IT company. that's a bit set back in their ways. Just, just like, well, a, like, what does your cadence look like? Yeah. I think the general idea is that, you know, you want to go after people who are higher up. So you look at a vice president, uh, either a vice president of marketing, a director of marketing, a vice president of marketing, they say, look, what is your senior exec team doing on social media <coughs> to build the business, build the division and get those leads and generate sales? Because, you know, whether you're in banking, whether you're in insurance, you're in IT, you're trying to build and generate business. And so what are you doing to do that? And so I'll, I'll approach them and say, hey, what are you guys doing? I mean, are, look at your execs. Are they doing stuff on social media? Because if you do a search of people who are execs, particularly at the vice president and CEO levels, most of them are crap. Most of them are doing nothing and they don't realize that they have so much influence to, to leverage to build their businesses. And then as soon as I get their, uh, get their attention, I send them or I meet with them to say, look, this is what the data shows. And I, give them, I have a whole bunch of data and a business case for why you need to use social media. And once I share the stories and the business case and the data, it usually lands something. Uh, so a lot of them still, they're like, oh man, I don't know. And they, they're really hesitant. Um, and they're still not willing to do it. Like I had a, I had a series of talks with the bank and, but at the end of it, they're like, uh, the, the associate vice president said, I just want to go with traditional marketing. And I'm like, what you mean? Like trade shows and booths? What the heck? What, what is wrong with you? Like that is so old, but we couldn't convince her. And so it didn't happen. And, and that's okay. I do the best I can, but sometimes like, oh, you know what? I totally get it. But if you make the business case with them, they'll 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 totally say, yeah, I, I see the business case. I see competitors doing it. I see the opportunity. Let's give this a try. Yeah, I I definitely find that a lot like branding guidelines according to like corporations is slightly outdated. They'll be like, hey, to their employees, post something like post whatever marketing is allowing you to do, and it's not it's not exactly the most up to date. Yeah, they have all these rules and regulations about it. Okay, they'll go fill out this form if you want to do a tweet. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Like, you know, my and you know, my my wife used to do tweeting for her. She used to do communications for her company, and her director was like, "I want I want to be able to approve every tweet." And she's like, "That's not how Twitter works. Okay, you can't approve every tweet. Sometimes tweets are in the moment. What you need to do is give me guidelines around the brand, and then I'll just tweet whatever I want according to the brand. You can't control the tweets. It's ridiculous to try to think you can do that." Yeah, well, like, I mean, like, like, uh, like Wendy's, for example, on Twitter, iconic Wendy's, like, you know, like, yeah, they're very they're, funny. They're great. Yeah, their whole shtick is that, oh, they talk back and they're very sassy. But it's like, if you're a US bank or if it's not going to work like that, like, you have compliance laws to, to go about. Um, do you find that these like older and more regulated companies are harder to break into simply due to regulation and brand guidelines? Absolutely. I think it is harder. Uh, it's a it's a longer sales process to try to get them to budge or to move on it. And even when it, when you do the training, it's usually a couple of small things first. They only want to try with like a small number of people to see kind of how it how it goes. And so for the most part, I think it is harder. But you know, if I think I think the key is that if you work with them and you follow up, 
because the other thing too, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you're like, oh, you're gonna do my, you're gonna work with me, and I'll teach you on LinkedIn. You're gonna drive business next month. No, it takes time. Like I make it really clear, three, six, twelve months. But if you do the right work, within six to twelve months, they will see the results. The challenge is most of them, you know, they fade away and don't do the work. Yeah, um, and then given that you've made so many valuable connections through social media, how do you? Keep, and I'm sure that your DM inbox is just flooded, especially on Twitter. How do you manage these relationships? How do you keep on top of these? Do you have like a spreadsheet? Do you have a CRM once someone says mm. that they're interested or once you hop on the phone with them? I'm, I'm curious to hear about your personal process. Well, you know, what's interesting is that people would think that with so many followers and so many connections, I would be inundated with stuff. The truth is I'm not. I mean, because most people uh, are nervous to reach out to you unless it's for a really, really good reason. If you put together a really strong brand and you make yourself, uh, you know, I make myself accessible, but I also make myself scarce in the sense that people feel like they're, they can access me with a tweet or whatever, a direct message or a comment on one of my posts. But at the same time, they don't reach out because they're, they only reach out when they really want something or they really need something. And so that's actually a good thing because you don't want to be inundated with all this stuff. At the same time, you know, I've also turned off all my email notifications. Like to, for me, that is not something I do. I, I've turned off email sucks. Yeah, I've turned off all my email notifications. I turn off all my my phone notifications so that when I go into Twitter, when I go into LinkedIn, I go into Instagram, it is with purpose and intent to do what I want to do. Whether I'm trying to network or check the messages or to you know create content. And so for me, that I think that works really well for me, and I, I haven't had to worry too much about it. And then of course, when people do reach out with small things. In the, in the beginning days, you know, I would say yes to everything, but now, no, not at all. Unless there's someone I know, uh, it, there's there's a process. So, you know, I make it very clear, you know, and I have, see, I have content everything. So people say, hey, Bobby, can you tell me about personal branding? You know what, go check out my 10-part series on YouTube. Here it is. Click. Email me if you want to work with me or message me if you want to work with me. Bobby, tell me more about how to get, how to get, speak, how to get speaking gig. You know, here's my 10-part series on YouTube. Go check it out. If you want to learn more, I have a speaker mastermind group, and you can talk about that. And so... Uh, and then if they want to work with me as a coach or speaking, I have a, you know, a, a landing page where I say, go do this, fill it, and then to fill it out. Because that vets them, right? It vets them mm-hmm. as qualified leads that I may want to work with. Because as soon as they fill, do the work and are willing to put in, here's my budget, then I know these people are serious about working with me. And so that's a great way for me to filter what I'm trying to, the people that reach out to me. We, like, we at Social Cycle, we, we think that it's, like, just because someone DMs you doesn't mean that they have the right necessarily to not converse with you, but that like you have to build up social credit before you like will DM them. And you have to DM, like if like I, I tweet a lot about real estate because that's like my niche, um, at least on Twitter. And when people ask me, oh, like what are like, how should I buy a house or, or something like that? It, it They have to like, like my post. If you're just a stranger that DMs me, go away. Like you have to build credibility. How well, the, well, the idea, well, the idea is that you want to increase the chances that you're going to have an opportunity, right? Every mm-hmm. single thing we do increases the probability that they will respond to us. So you could DM me. What's the chance I'll respond? 0.01%. You can DM me. Maybe your profile is kick-ass awesome. Okay, now the chance is 2% I'm going to respond to you. You could DM me, but you've already liked five of my previous posts. Okay, now I kind of remember you. Okay, maybe I will respond. So, you know, the thing is, the more you build that relationship, the more you build that credibility, the more you build that brand and that recognition awareness, then, you know, the more likely you're going to get that 
respond. So the people who have commented on my post on LinkedIn multiple, multiple times, such that I remember who they are and they DM me, I'll respond. Absolutely. It, it kind of reminds me of like being back in high school where you're like, oh, like you're that kid with, I don't know, like for me, I, I remember how everyone like you, what, what they used to drive. So I'll be like, right. oh, like you're like that kid that parked in the back with that car. It's, it's right. kind of like that, but for social, I'm a weirdo, but um, I mean, it's, it's sort of like that, right? Where you, you start hanging out in the same circles online and then sooner or later you're going to get um, recognized just because of who you comment, what you comment, you become known as like the expert in X field, for example. Yeah, I mean, thought leadership is all about, you know, several things. Number one, memorability. So if you're memorable, that helps. Number two, it's about influence. So you're someone who actually can make things happen and influence a, 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 an, a, an opinion or a way of thinking. And then number three, there's expertise. You, you've demonstrated the fact that you know what you're talking about and, and demonstrate expertise. So if you can influence people and be memorable and show that you're an expert, yeah, that's when the magic happens. Of course, of course. And if you're trying to get to know someone on social media, how are you personally going out and trying to build a relationship? Say there, that there's someone that you're, uh, say you like with, with the bank situation or with the bank example, like can yeah. you walk us through what exactly are you doing? Like, okay, you comment on some of their posts. What does the first DM look like? That'd yeah, I think awesome the first. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think the first thing is to look at uh, who they are and look at their profiles and where they're active. Some are active on LinkedIn. Some are active on Twitter. Some are active on Instagram. So wherever they are most active, that's where you want to engage them. You go to their posts and you start. Uh, you know, when you comment, don't you? You comment in a way where you uh, show gratitude for what they're talking about. You add your own expert take on what's going on, and then you invite a conversation by asking a pointed question. And I do that multiple times and, you know, sometimes they ignore it, but eventually if you do it often enough, they will remember you because you're making them look good, right? You're, you're promoting them and you're talking about them. One of my favorite things that, one of my favorite tactics to use is say, Hey, listen, I'll say, I love this. I love this post. Do you have an article that's related to this? Because I'd love to share the link to my 500,000 followers on Twitter. And that, uh, that usually gets their attention, right? Because is that because you have such a large following on Twitter? Do you think that that helps? Or if someone who has like a, like two or 3,000 followers could also use that same tactic? Uh, well, I mean, the people who have less less will say, well, look, I'd love to feature your article on my blog post with <laughs> 2,000 people. That's still pretty valuable. I mean, people still like to have free free promotion, but when I use 500,000, it definitely gets their attention. So, not, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then, and, and then by, you know, doing it over and over. The other thing, of course, you want to make sure your profile is really clear about who you are and what you do. And so that if they click on your profile, they'll see, okay, this person's pretty awesome or they're legit or they know what they're doing. I think that really helps. And then after commenting several times, then I'll reach out with a, with a DM. Hey, uh, you know, I've been loving your stuff. And particularly I noticed that you're interested in topic relevant X, whatever that might be. Uh, let me know. Let me know. Here's an article I just saw that's relevant to that. Or, you know, I'm really happy to connect with you. Let me know uh, what are you working on in 2022. And I'll just say something like that and see if they uh, want to start a conversation. You want to you want to start the conversation so that eventually, you know, after three, four five messages back and forth, then you can maybe see where it's going. Is there an opportunity for a call? Is there an opportunity to connect with somebody else? Is there an opportunity to, you know, get, get a Zoom going? Uh, you can start thinking about those things. Yeah. And I mean, what, what I find is that not every like DM exchange has to end up with a call. I mean, sometimes oh, people for just, sure. 
Yeah. I mean, well, if, if you think about it, if every single DM conversation you had ended up in a call, we would have no time to do anything. Yeah, no, it's like it's, there's, there's certain percentages, right? I mean, the percentages are pretty low, but, you know, there's certainly better. Again, the <laughs> more you do, the more, like, if you comment on their post and you send them a message that's very relevant to what their profile is, what they care about, the more likely you're going to get the responses. But they don't always lead, lead to phone calls. I mean, you know, if, number one, you track the response rate, but then number two, you track how many actually lead to a call. Or maybe it's, it's not really, you don't want to give them a call because you realize, you know what, this person not really the person I want to talk to and it's not really the, the right fit. But, uh, you know, it's the idea is that the better you do it and the more strategic and targeted you do it, the more likely you're going to have those opportunities that will bite and lead to business. Mm -hmm. And my last question of the day is, can you share either one super memorable one or one like a win that you got from social media that either resulted in a very impactful conversation or maybe something that was very financially rewarding for you or your business? Social media win. Well, I mean, gosh, there's lots of different things I can kind of share. Um, I mean, one of the things I'll share uh, um, back in the day was when I started doing social media in the beginning, uh, I didn't realize the power of social media. But what happened was someone said, Bobby, we love what you talk about. You always talk about leadership. You always talk about engagement. You always talk about things uh, that motivation and passion and pursuits, things like that. Can you come in and do a session for our team on leadership motivation? And I was like, hell yeah, I can. And <laughs> the fact that they just loved my stuff and just pitched me to, to, to do a speaking gig for them. That was amazing. That's when I learned early on the power of social media. And now what I can tell you is that uh, one, another story I'll win, I'll tell you, is the power of social audio. Because now with Clubhouse Twitter Spaces, I'm seeing the results. Because what's happening is on social audio, I was running rooms at Clubhouse and running rooms at Twitter Spaces. And I started promoting my five-day Thought Leisure Brain program. And when I, I ran a couple of rooms on both sites, and I, I was amazed that I was able to get people to just sign up for my, you know, my $55, you know, short program. And then at the end of it was able to upsell them to, you know, bigger thousand dollar programs. And that to me was the power of social audio. Cause I was like, you know, before that I was using LinkedIn and LinkedIn by itself, you know, I would spend about 30 to 40 hours of my time with content, emails, newsletters, all that kind of stuff and generate a small amount of revenue. But with the Twitter space and Twitter space and social audio, I spent five hours of my of my time and generated three times as many people who, who bought the smaller program and more people who actually bought the upsell. And so I was like, man, social audio, that is amazing. So that's been a big win for me in 2021. And I'm hoping to do more of that in 2022. Cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, before you leave, what are a couple like what are three pieces of key advice that you want to leave for your audience? Well, I mean, the, the big thing I'll say is when it comes to thought leadership branding, there's a few things you got to think about. Number one, what is your personal brand? Be really clear on what that is. Do the deep dive work to understand exactly who you are, what your strengths are, how people see you and what they, what they love about you. Because when you have that clear personal brand, that clarity, that focus, that direction, will guide everything. It guides your content, it guides your strategy, it guides your relationships, it guides your profile, all that stuff. So make sure you do that deep dive work into doing that. Number two, be really clear on who your target audience is, where they are, and where you want to meet them and how you want to meet them. Because your target audience overall 
is one thing, but your target audience on each, each platform will be different. And then number three, what's your objective? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get a job? Are you trying to get clients? Are you trying to build a network? What are you trying to do? Be clear on what that objective is. If you have those three things really, really honed and focused, there's no doubt you can build that really strong thought leadership brand that you want. That's going to drive your career, drive your business, and create that legacy that you want. That is awesome. And where is the best place for people to follow you, uh, to get in touch with you? Would, would it be LinkedIn, Twitter, drop your handles, drop your business? Sure. So I would say I have a company page on LinkedIn uh, under my name, Bobby Omar. You can follow me at that company there. But also all my handles across Clubhouse and uh, Instagram, Twitter are all under my name, Rayhan Bobby. That's the best place to follow me. Cool. Thank you. We appreciate having you on. Uh, everybody who is listening, please follow us at Try Social Cycle on Twitter and sign up for the beta at socialcycle.io. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Social Psychologist by Social Cycle. Follow us on Twitter at Try Social Cycle, at Instagram at socialcycle.io, and sign up for Social Cycle at socialcycle.io. This is your host, Mohit, signing off. Follow me on Twitter at Mo Money Mohit. Thank you.